Hey guys, what's going on? Thanks for tuning into the show. I just wanted to let you know that this episode right here, it contains explicit content. So if you got some kids around, if you got the dogs around and you don't want them to hear bad language, you want them to hear some really, really dirty words, I'd put them to bed. Uh, other than that, enjoy the show. Our, our ecosystem. 11 is India. India owes us $232 billion, brother. Oh, my goodness. Um, the, US Treasure, uh, the U.S. Treasury securities are deemed as a safe investment for the country. Um, I don't even know. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't even know what that means. Um, does that just mean that like the U.S. Treasury securities are deemed as a safe investment for the country. Does that mean that, like, they're just gonna keep a hawk on India's, like, they're gonna garnish India's wages? <laughs> the U.S. Treasury is like, you know, what I'm saying the people that that keep track of the money. So they obviously keeping track of who owes us money. So it's like, hey, you know, the Treasury securities are deemed as a safe investment. Whoa. How do you invest? How do the securities? How do they invest in the treasury security? The only way they can invest in the treasury securities is to put money in the treasury securities. Why would they put money in the treasury securities? They pay back their damn debt and then some, because you know we need the extras. <laughs> that is the that is the most government ass statement I've ever like. It's not ever. I've heard worse, but like, bro. Yeah, we just we just gonna take that. We just gonna we just gonna run their shit. We just gonna run their pockets to death. Basically, that's what it says. The U.S. Treasury insecure. The U.S. Treasury securities are deemed as a safe investment for the country. Yeah, we just gonna run their pockets so they so they pay up because they owe a lot. But buddy, buddy, if you thought if you thought India owed a lot, brother, brother, Taiwan's up two hundred thirty four point six billion. Talks radio. That's where you're at. How y'all doing today, man? We rolling. You know what I'm saying? Um we not stopping here in 2024, man. We we on a mission, man. I have a goal. Last year I had a goal when I started this podcasting thing, official whistle, which was late, late October. And I had a goal that I wanted to get out between 45 and 50 episodes before the end of 2023. Now, when I ended 2023 on December 31st, which was New Year's Eve, I had completed mm, 23 episodes at the time. Yeah. So by December 31st, 2021, I had completed 26 episodes. Um, and I was on episode 23 of my 
season one compilation because if you have if you ever look at the way that i do my lineup for my shows you know what i'm saying it's there's episodes and then there's talks do you feel me there's episodes and then there's special editions now the way that i name special editions it might not be like special edition off off the, off the rip it, it might be named the raw and uncut personal talks you know what i'm saying special talk special edition so you know so quick lunch talks that's what they'll be named but i mean make no mistake that's bonus material that's not a part of the that's not a part of the season format you know what i mean like it goes 23 episodes um and then season and then the season renews no matter what year you're in because uh well i mean i kind of want 23 is like jordan right but at the same time that just became the number of episodes that would be compiled and and called a season for me because on december 31st i had that was when i was done i couldn't i i'd already when i when i put out a goal i try to stick to it you know what i'm saying and that's the thing like i feel like well before i get to that i just wanted to say this um so right now i have 30 episodes out and uh i put 26 out by the end of uh total by the end of the year 23 episodes but 26 total including bonus and um i had a goal of putting out 45 to 50 right so if we if we do some math now i'm not really a math guy but i'm getting into it because i'm i'm starting to make more money in life and i just don't like to let I'm starting to not like it when money slips through my hands. Like I have a balance budget, I have a balance uh sheet and everything, and I take down everything that I spend. You know what I'm saying? I'm starting to be like I have a budget, and it's so powerful. You have no idea if you ever, like, if you ever wondered if a budget works, it does if you stick to it, and you will once you learn it. You know, it took a while. It took, yeah. Let's see, I started. I did my first ever budget when I was 26, 26, 27, 28, 29. Yeah, it took three years to get this right. So it takes time. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't always working on it. I just got sick and tired of letting the money that I make pass through my hands like water. That pisses me off. So 26 um, minus 45, 19, right? 26 minus 50, 24. So somewhere between... 24 episodes i fell off you know what i mean that's how that's just how i look at it and you can't tell me you can't tell me any different you know i went from putting uh episode out like every day when i first started in late art like when i legit started because there's a few episodes before august but i mean october i keep saying different dates but there's a few episodes before late october but i really got serious about it in late october but even then like even in that short amount of time i feel like i should have put out more and i just wasn't really going for it going for it but that's just the mentality that I have. You know what I'm saying? It's not a self-loathing mentality either. It's not like, oh, man, I, I suck, but I'm good. No, it's not. It's, I don't do that. It's just literally I had a goal, and I didn't hit it. So that means going into this year, um, we I don't try to – I have and I struggle with this. I'm just letting you know, I, I don't try – I try not to – extend the goal and make it like super outrageous and lofty uh because because 
because it's not necessary. If I if I say my goal is to put out, you know, 46 episodes this year. That's not that first of all, that shit is not easy. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not over here talking like is I know I'm over here talking like that, but that's because I'm in it. You know what I'm saying? I just flood the market. I, you can think of me like a future, uh, early future, early Gucci Mane, even early McConan. I love uh, uh, drink more water. He he built a strong fan base off of flooding the market with what some people would call ass water music. But who cares? Because I love I love McConan is in the rap game. Despite what you make, the uh, future is in the rap game. Gucci Mane is in the rap game. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with the Bay Area, you know, uh, way. You know what I mean? When it comes to putting out music and selling out the truck, all that stuff. You know what I mean? The Bay Area in the South, like, it influences me. And so when you hear me on this podcast and I'll be putting it out and, you know, you don't see a lot of guest spots, it's not because I don't like guests. I like guests. But there's it's a gray area with it, guys. When you're in this podcasting game and you're in when you're in it, you gotta realize something like I'm not I'm in the town and I love the town, but I mean people are busy, you know what I mean? People have other lives. This is this is not a priority to other people. I like I like I like energy to be re, 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 I like recipient energy is what I call it. You feel me? Let me explain. Let me let me let me let's just ride with me. So it's like if if I'm like, hey, I got this thing going on, and I'm real passionate about it, you know what I'm saying? And you see how I be rocking. I, I don't have to say too much about how passionate about it, but because I because I chatter, I'm going to tell you. But, like, you're going to see how passionate I am about it by the way that I'm into it and the way I attack that shit. Now, if you see that, and there's times where you say, I want to match that energy. You got to, like, I, I want to be, I want to I wanna get in on that. You know what I'm saying? You got to, okay, but you, you got to be about it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to put the pressure on your ass, but I'm not going to do it. Like, uh, let me, let me, let me, sorry. Let me back back. Uh, you say, I want to be a part of it. I want to do that. Okay, cool. But you, you don't really know what it takes to do this. And then at the same time, your priorities might be different. So like after you do that one episode, you know what I'm saying? As a guest, you're like, damn, that was nice, but I got other shit to do. That's fine. But don't expect me to blow your phone up about it. That's anybody. If if you tell me you got something going on, we do it once, and then we got it, we get back up again. It, it, you know, there's a lot of times that you may be busy, and I might busy be busy, and this goes for anybody. It's just it could be difficult to get guests because I know what I got going on, and I know that you know I'm not really the best at delegating right now. Yeah, not for real, like. You know, I'm just starting out, really, and I don't really have any. I don't have I don't have a lot of good delegating skills. I, 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 I guess I didn't learn how to be. I didn't learn how to like share and stuff. You know, be collective. Um, when you grow up in America, you're taught a lot of individualism.
good. You feel me? I'm hurt. How can I get my groove back? Been hurt? Been harmed in an accident, big dog? Don't worry. With the law offices of Holy Sheep, we can get you paid and send on your way. Oh, man, what's good? You feel me? Nah, I was hurt in a bad way, you feel me? But the of Holy Sheep, <laughs> the boys, they, they did it. it. It changed the forecast for me. I'm not going to lie. And the law offices of Holy Sheep, you know what I'm saying? You're going to receive hella good instruction on how to deal with your baby mamas, you know what I'm saying? And the law officers are holy sheep, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna receive hella good counseling on, you know what I'm saying, on where to put your little extras, you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? Make sure the boys don't take it from you, know what I'm saying? And holy sheep, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna do extra things, you know what I'm saying? Hella good things, you know what I'm saying? To make sure that your your extras right, you know what I'm saying? Make sure your your nuptials right, you know what I'm saying? Make sure your fatty, your squilly, your scratch is ready. So come on down and see us at Holy Sheet, you know what I'm saying? We down here on 55 Bon Bon Avenue. That's 55 Bon Bon Avenue. Come get yours, Mike. Holy Sheet. The law office of Holy Sheet does not hold purposes a lot, though. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that whole like self made, do it by yourself, hustle, hustle, hustle. That's the that's the that's the culture of America, and it was created for a reason. It was created so that way we don't know how to help one another. We don't know how to lock in. That's why certain cultures all over the world like they're successful, and that's not racist. That's just factuals. There are cultures over the world that are more collectivistic than cultures in America. Oh, you want to give me some examples? The East Indian culture. The Arabian culture, the African culture, Sub-Saharan and Northern, the Asian culture. I mean, I just said East Indian, but I meant like the like the 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 continent of Asia is there. Most of them are known for being collectivistic countries. I was just talking. About, I was talking about that. I'm not sure which episode, but. It was like whenever people come over here from another country and they're especially like if you're in Georgia, I don't know, for instance, like if you're East Indian or or just Asian period and you drop you touch down, you got a network of people who already like in a certain type of industry and they got it on lock, you know what I'm saying? But what you don't know is the first person that took the chance to come over here it was not easy. It was the hardest, and they incurred the most debt, probably. And they had to work that down or whatever. But I'm getting a little bit too off topic. The point I'm trying to make is it can be difficult uh, to constantly have guests on because you have to seek them out. And I don't want anybody to get it confused. I can do this by myself. But see, that's the mentality. That's wrong. You see what I'm saying? And I'm really, I'm really being vulnerable with y'all. I'm really opening up, and that's not a good attitude to have. But it's just, it's something as an American, like I was raised with, like have your own, do your own thing, don't ride off the coattails of anybody. But that's absolute bullshit because when I got into the workforce, all you do is depend on other people. All you do is work as a team. When you get into sports, that's all you do. I cannot be 
I, I've tried my, I, tr I still try my best and I still do work on how, how can I be the best keeper and most calm and collective so that way I can be the best for my team. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it takes, it takes, you know, the 10 people that are in front of me or inside, you know, indoor soccer six, but is it six or five? it's five? But it takes the five or the 10 that are in front of me to stop that person from shooting or stop that person from playing a ball in, you know what I'm saying? For it to go down like that. So it's really a team sport. Like life is a team sport. And so I I get that, but at the same time, like, you know, there's a thing in like in America, it's weird culture. It's like if you people will ask you like if you maybe it's a southern thing, I don't know, southeastern thing. It's like if you need anything, let me know. But we know like like me and you know like this man right here, like he don't mean that shit. <gasps> this person right now don't mean that, bro. They they mean like just like call me occasionally or talk to me occasionally if you need anything, but don't bother me, bro. I don't want to be fucking bothered with you. I was just I was just trying to be nice. You see what I'm saying? I'm just telling everybody else how it goes, and really, life application for you is to not get frustrated with that. Don't get frustrated with that. Don't get frustrated when people are busy. Don't get frustrated, man, because guess what? You're going to be busy, too, and you're going to be like, I can't. I can do it once, twice, maybe thrice, but I can't do it again, and then people are going to think you flaky, but that's not the truth. The truth is the life is so expensive and life is so fast-paced now that it, it requires you to move in different directions and keep doing certain things to keep up. You know what I'm saying? I just found a space where I work well. You know what I'm saying? And occasionally I'll bring somebody aside, uh, uh, bring somebody along who can share another experience that I otherwise might not have been able to give to you. But that's, few, you know what I mean? Like that's not going to be all the time because you're tuned into Talks Radio hosted by Tevin West. Because you I feel me? So I just wanted to put that out there. Like, uh, you know, like even though it's wrong, I feel like it's wrong. I pride myself on being able to do this podcasting thing like how I do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, you can think of me as like a future or a Gucci Mane or one of them Bay Area artists, you know what I'm saying, that don't really get a lot of radio play. I'm just going to flood the market with my shit and see where I'm. I mean, I'm I'm just keeping it real. Hey, hey, I lost listeners. Last night while I was got dang editing. My most recent episode on season two. We're on season two. We got what? Five countries, the USA, Belgium, Iceland. Saudi Arabia, Germany, you know what I'm saying? All that going on, and I lost viewers. But still, I rise. You know what I'm talking about? Future had, future had people that was like, yo, Future, he's so, like, when Future first started, shout out Jamari Narcisse, my homie. My, my homie. My player partner as well. Yo, he was like, Future was trash when he first came out. You know what I'm saying? I heard the pain and the rain and the game and it wasn't the same no more. No auto tune, bro. Like you couldn't know what I did. You couldn't know. You couldn't know. You couldn't know what I did for this. I gave my blood, sweat, tears. That's how I feel though. Like when he like 
it would end it in like if you listen to that song, I don't know what that song's called. Just I don't know. Go online and look up Old Future, Blood, Sweat, Tears. I gave my blood, sweat, tears. I wish everyone, I wish everyone, I wish everyone here can see it. I wish everyone, I wish everyone. Yeah, future hands. I wish everyone, I wish everyone. I gave my blood, sweat, tears. You couldn't have known what I did for this. The rawness is what the rawness and the genuineness is what is what I like. If you hear me on the airwaves and I'm talking with you, it's not always the most proper in quotations. You understand what I'm saying? But that's how that's that's the delivery. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what that's that's what I got from people that I was like my parents. You know what I'm saying? They work in my family. They raise me and stuff. But bro, like when the family is when the when the grown-ups are grown-upping, the music raises you. <laughs> and a lot of music I heard here in the South, it was just like, it's raw. It's raw vocals, bro. It's like people like getting on the mic that can't sing and they trying to sing. Or not trying, they're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Why YFN Lucci is like one of the biggest examples of like oh like bro that's that sounds terrible but it sounds amazing <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> you know what I mean like Young Thug Young Thug's voice Young Young NBA Young Boy said Young Thug's voice is an instrument and I couldn't agree more uh let's see here so yeah I mean I just wanted to 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 get that off. And let you know like where I stand on that. It's just like, hey, you know, on the on the, it would be cool to have more guests, but on the real tip, like, just how it is right now, it can be really tough, just because of the circumstances. And then like like I said, like everybody's not as passionate about some shit as you are. So that means that on another level, you got to figure out a way to do your thing. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you know, like. It's wrong because the best way to get things going is to work as a team. But in America, man, we're crabs in a bucket. I had there's this thing in the African American community that is said about us amongst one another that we're all like crabs in a bucket. We don't want to see the next man uh, next man um, succeed, next woman succeed, next black man, next black woman. But we'll gladly cheer on a a, a person from another, you know background but we usually just say white but let me tell you something that 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 is not true all americans are crap in the bucket <laughs> all americans have like some sort of crap in the bucket mentality bro like i swear like just how i grew up you know what i mean like to be to be on a podcast and be doing this you know what i mean and that's what kind of what i want to talk about too is like millennials where can we go to find low cost but decent health care plan Lost Medicare, chip coverage player. Don't worry about none of that. Westside Healthcare gonna take care of all that for you. 
emergency plan for when my badass kids stub his toe? What about me? I'm an old lady. I got three kids, but they ain't worth a damn. They done left me at this house all by myself. What if I fall and break a hip? Will you be able to help me? Yeah, you know what I'm saying here at Westside Healthcare. We always going to make sure keep your game tight. We don't ever want to leave you out on the bad foot. If you got any questions or concerns, just call us at our office here at 445-8286. That's 445-8286. We're out here over on Manchester. It's Westside Healthcare. Come get you some. Yeah, da, da. Me and my me and my boy Brandon Berenger, shout out Brandon Berenger. We're having a discussion. Uh and it was like, why? What you know, why is it um we were talking about France and uh France got a thirty four year old prime minister, Gabriel Attal. Uh by the way, uh random tidbit here, Belgium Belgium speaks three languages, uh Flemish. I was I wanted to get this off to y'all because this is pretty amazing to me. Belgium speaks Flemish. German, Swiss German, and Swiss French. And I met a guy that <laughs> was from Switzerland. <laughs> and he spoke Swiss German. <laughs> and he said that shit is so hard. <laughs> it's like a regional dialect. I could be wrong. Maybe you guys don't speak for Swiss French. Swiss uh, Swiss French, Swiss German. That's what, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of what I heard. But anyway, regardless of that, it's not even about that. I know you guys speak German and you speak French. I just want to let let everybody else know that if they didn't know that. But yeah, we were talking about France's first openly gay PM, and it was like, uh, he's a millennial, right? And he was like, the millennials are starting to get powerful, get in powerful positions in the world. And um, he said Chile's president will be thirty seven this year. And then I hit him back with the, yeah, I'm only touching on that a smidget in my um in my next uh podcast which was the most like recent one i just did and um the only reason i i said i would touch like when i was like touched on it because i was like we as americans shouldn't bad mouth and trash our own country because it might be cool that right right now but we have to live here and raise our kids here but really like <laughs> that's not the that's not the crux of the conversation, you feel me? Like, the conversation, you know what I mean? The heat of the conversation was like this. And I was just like, you know what I'm saying? I think it's important that millennials know that it's time to start participating in life. What do I mean? Well, we already got Gen Zers in Congress. Um, I'm not saying that it's a race to get something and i'm not putting that out there because we have all de- all millennials have dealt with that like guilt of i should be somewhere by this age and i'm not because i've seen justin bieber do that shit you know what i mean like my grandma it, it, it's not just like on us it's like other people put it on us too like my grandma when i first got my job working for the government at 26 which is honestly like the way that you go through college i went i took six years ago to college and they said, I remember when people like Loki was like, like that was embarrassing. Like if you used to say like, it take you six years, it's, it still is. But the ironic thing is like, 
there are grown ass men that are like almost 30 years old and they have not graduated from college and they're playing a kid's sport and making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars. You know what I'm saying? They're living, they're living, in, they're living in extended adolescence and nobody says anything to them, but let it be a regular dude, a regular woman working on a bachelor's degree, an associate's degree, a professional degree. Really, let's just talk bachelors and associates. You know what I'm saying? Because people still get associates. But if it takes you four years to finish an associates and six years to finish a bachelor's, they're going to say that it took you too long. Like my grandmother was like, oh, you got that job working for the government now? Good. You should have been had it. It was like, what? 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 Jay, I love you, but what? Hey, Hey, Sally, what's up, boy? conversation with your family like that that's that's kind of how like disrespect gets brought up you know what i'm saying and like they don't want you to disrespect you feel me but they disrespecting i don't know what it you know what i mean and it's just like i felt like my grandma which jay i could say grandma to y'all but that's jay i feel like jay would have known better than to not say that but i feel like older people they they feel like because they're sometimes I feel like older people feel like because they're older, they can say whatever they want and with no repercussions. But you cannot do that. Older people. We have like, I don't know if you realize, like your younger family members that you are telling certain things, you know, what I'm saying just just talking out the side of your neck when they would you realize they have feelings, too. I don't think they do. And I think that a lot of older people forgot what it was like to be younger and struggling and shit. Because if you live in America, you have a pretty, you know, usually got a pretty cushy life when you get older. Yeah, sure, you might have to work more. You might not be able to retire right now and stuff like that. But thank God you can still work. Some people can't. So anyway, yeah, I just, I was saying all that to say, like, yeah, millennials, we were made to have an impact on this earth and run our race with endurance. So I don't want you to clock out or like or harm yourself to escape the pain. You know, the pain is there to let you know you're alive. And um, I have a very soft spot for millennials because I'm a millennial. 
that's how it tends to happen. You have a soft spot for shit that you are in or you are. And that is no different with me. So I know that a lot of us like have hella doubts. You know what I'm saying? A lot of millennials like are talented, man. A lot of millennials are metallic. You got millennials out here with real gifts and real talent. And they're shying away from it. You know what I'm saying? Because when you were younger, like you were in a group of people who probably were not as confident in their abilities. You know what I'm saying? Nobody told them that they were, you know, doing things. Or, you know what I mean? Like, nobody, they probably didn't have nobody to look up to. It's a thing. People, we have broken families. I'm telling you all the cool stuff about my family. That's broken parts of my family, too. I'm not sharing. So it's like, but I know that, that one thing that was always there, you know what I'm saying? It was like the ability to, like, see it. And the ability to talk it, you know what I'm saying? I just didn't know how to put it together. But I always, but it was just like I hung around so many people that had, didn't have that. There's a lot of people where like most people hate public speaking. <laughs> it's nothing to laugh at. It's just that's what most people hate. They hate that shit. They hate public speaking. They hate having to talk about anything. So, like, think about when a millennials we went through the whole development of the cell phone. Like, the cell phone might be at its... I could be wrong now, but the cell phone might be at its, like, peak. You know what I'm saying? Not popularity, just, like, it's it's a... It used to be, we, you know, you used to have separate iPhones. You had a music player and then you had a phone, you know what I'm saying? And then the phone used to slide up, or that bit used to be a Nokia, you know what I'm saying? Or a Virgin Mobile or something like that, where you text it with the numbers and stuff. But now it's like not like that. And you can flip the phone up sideways and make it look like make it a sideways phone. And you used to have to flip it up, you know what I'm saying? Physically, all that stuff. We saw the development of all that. Saw the development of online dating, all that. So, bro, like we don't talk to folks because we don't have to. And when you don't talk to folks, a lot of things don't get done and you can't do things on the side. You still need to communicate to get business going or whatever. So it's just like Brandon says something that I have to get off on this show. And it was the realest shit he uh, he said about our generation. Millennials, you listening to me? This is for you. I honestly think it's because we expect to lose if we try. <gasps> That's what Brandon said about our generation he said that a lot of us if we he felt like a lot of us if we actually try we think we're gonna lose it was this thing going on when i was younger bro in soccer soccer players are douchebags bro we're we're all douchebags we all think that we're so special because we have foot eye coordination instead of hand eye coordination like but it was just like there was this phrase that was thrown around when somebody was doing better than you. Call it try hard. <gasps> yeah. How ridiculous is that? Somebody would say, because you're doing better than them in the sport, you know, outdoing them in the moment or whatever, you know what I mean? They call you a try hard. And it didn't matter if it was a practice where it was supposed to be done, a game where it definitely was supposed to be done. Or a pickup match where, you know what I'm saying, you go out there to put it on. You know what I mean? I go out there to test out what I've been working on. (laughs) 
So, of course, I'm going to do you bad in front of these folks. You should have been prepared. <laughs> You're going to do me bad if it was if you had and that's a, that's a, the relationship between a goalkeeper and a, a field player. It's just like, bro, I don't have I'm a goalkeeper, bro. I don't have a choice but to to try hard my hardest because I'm going to look like a fool if I don't. So you're not going to sit up here and fucking tell me that if I try, I'm trying hard if I stop your shot. I'm trying hard if I dig your shit out in the top left corner, top right. I am trying too hard if I block your pit. I'm trying too hard if I come down on a breakaway and clean your shit. You're not going to tell me I'm trying too hard. So I, you know what I mean? That's just, that's just the type of mentality. And I feel like it permeated through everything. I just didn't see it all. It was just like, Try hard, you're a try hard, you're a try hard, you're a try hard, you're a try hard. And I'm just like, what? That's what you're supposed to do? You got, you know things don't come easy. Bone Thug said you got to try real, real hard. I tried hard. I lost viewers the other night, so I guess I got to try harder. I tried so hard. Tried to get away from misery. Man, I tried so hard. Always be a victim of these streets. It ain't my fault, cause I try to get away with your fault. Lose me in the zeal. I try so hard. Hoping one day you come and rescue me. But until then, I'll be a. I'll be, what'd he say? I'll be, I'll be up posted here. I'll be on the block posted up with my heat getting dough. Yeah, that's good. Hey, man. That Akon Bone Thugs and Harmony. That tried so hard. Man, that shit hard, bro. But it's, it encapsulates, you know what I'm saying? What how you have to how do you have to move through life in order to be a certain type of success? And I Akon is one of the biggest success because he tried so hard. <laughs> that dude never stops working. He sung the chorus. Bone Thugs and Harmony are from Cleveland. Ohio, shout out Cleveland, Ohio. One of the hardest places to make it. LeBron James. And that man tries hard all the time. He's finna be playing with two of his kids. That's what trying hard gets you. Where you got dang, you've been trying hard for so long and people have been saying you need to take it easy. But you've been doing your thing for so long. You've been doing, you've been stepping into your greatness. And you've been doing things that um that you're supposed that you were made on this earth to do. And he's been extending that for a long time and putting himself through that rigorous you know people put themselves through all types of pain you know people put themselves through pain and gain weight people put themselves through gaining lose weight people put themselves through pain and you know uh fill out paperwork people put themselves through pain and not filling out paperwork and had to answer to their boss for that shit like which hard are you gonna do family because he chose a hard and his hard ended up putting him in a position where he can play with his son his firstborn possibly his secondborn and then possibly playing with their friends and his 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 NBA uh colleagues' sons while they're out the league. They've been out of the league six, seven years. Gilbert Arenas out. Carmelo Anthony out. Carlos Boozer out. All those folks are out. But guess who's guess who's but their sons are playing? Their sons are about to be in the NBA, and guess who might be playing with them or against them? LeBron James, because he tried so hard. There's nothing wrong with trying so hard. I'm back on this, like, millennials. Brandon was like, I think if, if we if we, if we we try, if we we expect to lose if we try. Uh, he said that's a big temptation in his life. Um, 
whenever a crisis comes up, um, because he said he was used to losing. God dang, bro. That's I felt this shit, bro. Like I was so used to losing, really. Yo, like I was so used to losing, bro. Like, and when you play the game of soccer as a goalkeeper, like, and if you're on, I was on a. It started off like I was on really good teams in high school, and then college came, and I, I just kind of I got into a college, and like college, like the school, the soccer program was awful, man. I ain't gonna sugarcoat it. The first year we went seven and seven. Second year we went like three and fourteen. This third year we went like. We only we only won. We think we won like maybe maybe four four games, and then the last season that I played, we only won. I think we went. I think we won six games. I never won double. I never won in the double digits while I was in college. That was four years, like playing, and even like in the summertime, like I'd play on summer league teams and get my ass whooped. I hadn't won a soccer game. I, it had legit been a long time since I won a soccer game and anything. And I taught a lot of things that I did to soccer. So it was like, fuck, man, I'm losing all the time. And then, you know, once you once you once you get to a point where you've made it, you let other people tell you shit. You let other people tell you, oh, you you know, you're never gonna be over. I let Tyler Daly and Elvar Good Johnson convince me that. I couldn't go overseas and play. I let my dad convince me. I love my dad, but I let him convince me that, you know, like it was too dangerous to go overseas in 2015 to Iceland. Like one of the safest places to be. Um, I let those people talk. I let those people trick me out of a, a position. And then, you, so then if you're not going to go do that, then you got to figure out what else you're going to do. So pick up the pieces of the puzzle. You try to get a job and stuff. Cause then you try to focus on, like, okay, well, this is what I'm actually supposed to do real life. Right. And I finally get a job. But the government job I get, I don't know how to do it. So it's just like, I got, I got a degree. I got, I did what I was supposed to do. What society and my parents told me to do, and now I'm sad. <laughs> you fucking sad because all you did was listen to what everybody else told you to do. Won't you do something you actually want to do? Won't you do something that God put in your heart to give you to do? You're sad all the time and you're losing all the time because you're listening to what other people telling you you think you should do. Instead of actually taking the time and figuring out what you should do. That was, that was, that was, that was what I was telling to myself. Uh, when, when everything came, you know, not crashing down, but I had some personal problems. I just, I'm not going to talk about them right now. I, I'll talk about them later. Um, I'm not in a decent spot to, to talk about it. Just, this is a lot going on, but that, that's what I was thinking. Like, I it was when that happened. I just, I just, my fingers and it just it happened. It kept happening and in increments happening. And it's just like I am tired of people pleasing. I think millennials have the biggest people pleasing spirit out of all the generations. I swear, bro. And if we don't, then shit. I'm just putting it on myself. And I'm a people pleaser. I was a people pleaser. I'm not anymore though. If I was a people pleaser, I would not be doing this podcast, bro. Because I have some very, very, like, not popular opinions. And my delivery is probably not, you know what I'm saying, the greatest for certain people who want it to look or, uh, be, uh, you know, or be a certain way. But I don't care. 
I'm not here to make them. I'm not here to impress them. I'm not here to impress people that don't find it impressive. Like, what is that? Then that's what I was just getting to is like millennials, like it's time for you to start participating in life if you're not. I mean, I, I'm not talking about other. This is I'm not talking about other generations because I, I don't I don't come from that. I come from, I, I come, I'm I'm a millennial, man. We are becoming we are not we are adults. And. If you ain't if you ain't figure out something that you're good at, you better start, man. Because it's important that you start. I know that we didn't get, we didn't care at first, you know. I was like, whatever, you know, let the world go to shit. But now it's getting serious, you know. what I'm saying we're getting older, you know. what I'm saying some of us men are growing, have had facial hair for a long time. Some of us have a kid or two. I have one kid. Maybe you have a spouse too. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta start getting invested in your community because, you know what I mean? Like there's this guy named Ant. Shout out Ant. Um. Ant was like, if you just work, we were having a conversation about fatherhood. And he said, if you just get better at what you do, then that will, that will take care of a lot of stuff. Like if you take care, if you, if you get, if you become the best you can be at your job, if you come to, if you become the best you can be at your hobby or side hustle, then when your kid becomes the right age, he'll get him, he'll get intrigued, interested, and, and he'll ask. He might ask. He might look from afar. You know, what I'm saying he, uh, he or she might be inspired by you. And the highest honor, one of the highest honors I can have on this earth, is to be a dominant and positive influence on my son if i can if i can cultivate such uh good habits and such uh an ability to be consistent and loving and caring and not exacerbate my child and uh if I can, if I can, if I can do all the, if I can pull all those things together to make a decent person and a success story of somewhat so that my son doesn't have to look at this man, that man, this man, that man that he didn't even come from. If I can be the main influencer of my son, man, I die a happy man. But if 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 this podcast didn't blow and my son was like, hey, Pops, even though it didn't blow, I see what you're doing. I see I see the hustle. I'm gonna follow in your footsteps. And I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. I might not do podcasting, I might not do what you're doing, Pops, but you taught me something. Like I like I, to be able to like teach my son how to fish, I guess, so to speak. You know, I have influences, you know, the Bay and the South influenced me, like I said, but on a more personal note, like my father was my father was probably the first entrepreneur I saw in my family. Like really stick to it. My father? Yeah. 
Definitely. He owns his own landscaping business. He's been doing that for, I don't know, 10 years. I mean, I'm not even a year in the podcast game. And he tried to he tried to turn over the business to me, but I didn't want to I didn't want to do anything that involved landscaping. <laughs> I'm an outdoor guy because I like sports, but I'm not a man of the soil. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not a I guess what I call dudes who like want to like do landscaping and like plant trees and stuff like that, and you know work outside on stuff. Men of the soil. That's what my son, I think my son going to be there. I think my son, my son likes to do what my grandfather and my father did or do, which is go outside and work on things, <laughs> you know, like cultivate, like in the ground, like they, they like to create, you know what I'm saying? If you go to my grandma, my grandfather's house, my dad, my father, my dad's father and my father's house, you don't see a bad yard. That would be all, they always keep their yard up in every single way, plant all types of shrubberies, all types of trees keep that grass cut my dad my my grandfather used to do the garden year round but he don't do it no more he's 80 81 but my father he does that same type of stuff so it's just like um i picked up the entrepreneur spirit really from my father and i just put it in podcast and even deeper than that it was like my father never decided to go do like he was he's a talker he's a he's a chatty patty but you know what I'm saying? Like I had said before on these episodes, like people rock with him so hard that they want to they want to pull him over and talk to him. You know what I'm saying? They want to be entertained by him. I can see it in their eyes, bro. They light up like a fire when he started talking. That's where I got that shit from, bro. So it's just like, oh, I know how my dad is received by people, and it's usually good. Well, shit, I'm cut from that same cloth. So <laughs> I think I'm just going ahead and do my thing and and there's a platform for me to do my thing. So this is where I'm at. You know what I mean? Before we uh, finish out here, last segment, let's take a quick uh, commercial music break. And we'll come back and finish up the show. Damn, I ain't the one to be preaching. If you gon' take it higher, though, you gotta keep reaching into each his own. I throw no stones. You look inside my glass house and you can see I'm wrong. Um, getting fresher. Yes, sir. I say my brother, I give you my best word. We deserve this year. Get there, oh yeah. Getting fresher, yes sir. I say my brother, I give you my best word. We deserve this year. Get there, oh yeah. Count my blessings, ten fingers won't cut it. Two hands seen enough to hold the benefits of it. Enjoying life's ride and I love it There's something this green up monsters can't stomach I can't call it a profit and gain knowledge In order to make me mentally wealthy While y'all ball on a budget On that subject, yeah, it's only obvious For me and my daughter to live prosperous So neither one of us will ever suffer Had enough of lackluster Superficial glamour, glitter and clutter I adjust the colors in order to custom Miles a million different styles Each one of them are mine for me to cluster So what's up, today's agenda? Let me tell you to add an extra clever dimension to my letter See and be with integrity like Mandela And to matter the most to those that matter So we all together getting fresher Yes sir Hey, what's going on guys? Okay, I do want to clarify something This is what I wanted to clarify And I, I didn't really know How to put this into words at first But now I do So I was watching 
a podcast called History of the Bay Area. And um, the guy who hosts it is Dregs One. Dregs One is a um, known Bay Area artist, musician, and graffiti enthusiast. But he's just a guy who really, he's from San Francisco, so he loves the Bay Area. So he has a podcast dedicated to the culture of the Bay, heavily centered around hip-hop and graffiti. And he had on, he has on guests all the time. And one of his guests that he had on was this guy named JT the Bigger Figure. JT the Bigger Figure is a very, very successful independent rap artist from San Francisco, the Fillmore District to be specific. And he is not only a pioneer for independent rap or independent yeah independent rap but on the west coast but he's also like the pioneer of like the independent movement of music period like throwing your own parties throwing your own promotion getting your own record company he was doing a lot of that like way before anybody else was really doing it so he was describing how he grew up right he was describing how he saw the development of his neighborhood and San Francisco, the Fillmore district pretty much turned into like a baby Harlem. So it was like an African-American community that basically nobody expected to be developed in basically close to downtown, if not in downtown San Francisco, you know what I'm saying? So they didn't really they didn't really expect what it was like when African Americans moved into that neighborhood. Not only did they move in there, it was like everybody has uh business owners and or entrepreneurs that move into neighborhoods. But JT was saying that this particular neighborhood had a plethora of entrepreneurs and um they must have been successful. So um cuz he talks about pretty much like how his uh his time growing up was he got to see good parts of of San Francisco cuz of where he lived in the Fillmore district but then he also had like access to other parts of the city too which were a little grimier because of his grandfather but he said that he said something that that really got me and he said from 92 and on things have gotten have been bad and i was just like what and then and then and then then it dawned on me it dawned on me bro whenever i hear like a lot of these you know older gentlemen not just somebody who got a song out not just somebody who make music you know not somebody who just not somebody who's an entertainer or a sports guy whenever i talk to you know what i'm saying um older people we get to talk and, and they'll talk about i like history so i always like to like <clears throat> see like how it was when they were growing up and it just you'll just get it if you if you just pay attention like if you're actively listening, I don't know if you've been like if you've been on for a while. I, I like to talk about how you, like I like to actively listening because I talk so much. You know when it turns it comes out to doing this podcast that I 
whenever I'm sharing a moment with somebody, I really like to shut up and just let hear what they have to say. And a lot of times, like, it just be, you know, when I'm talking to people who are older than me, they're always talking about, you know, the times that when they grew up. And when they're saying when they grew up, I'm starting to realize, like, nah, man, like, not when they were, like, not when they were, like, 20s, like, their teenage years and below, like, kids, kids, like, when they were growing up. So JT the Bigger Figure was, because um, JT the Bigger Figure was born in 1975, okay? So JT the Bigger Figure was born in 1975, and um, it's 1975 is when the uh, Vietnam War had just ended. So the Apollo and the Suyo's, uh spacecraft had taken taken off and for the U.S. and the Soviet link up in space. Mar- um, <clears throat> Margaret Thatcher had became the first woman led to the Britain's uh, Conservative Party, and Egypt had reopened the Suez Canal for after eight years. Now, what does that mean? That means that those those are pretty good things. I mean, you got the Vietnam War ending is a bloody war. You know, people didn't want our 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 men there, our men and women there, lives. So, and so that was good. The Apollo. A spacecraft took off, so you know now we're the Americas. We were strong and powerful, but we're showing our prowess in world domination because we're able to put things in outside of this world. Margaret Thatcher being the first woman elected to lead Britain's Conservative Party. I mean, that that's a huge step when you got a woman being able to could be in a, a position of power in the seventies. Holy crap, bro! Um. You know, uh, in the 70s, chicks were getting roofied and nobody would bat an eye. You know what I mean? Uh, chicks were, you know what I mean? Chicks were getting quaaluded and nobody would bat an eye. So for a woman to take center stage and be taken seriously is good. Suez Canal opened after eight years. The Suez Canal, you know, opens up a lot of trade and whatnot. So it's like uh, after eight years of not doing that, it opens up again. So it's like, Things were going good when JT the Bigger Figure was born. You know, the 70s and the 80s and 90s are some of the most productive times in American history. Some of the most, um, some of the most uh, impactful times in history. I know this because Gen Z is obsessed, more obsessed with the, is more obsessed with the 90s than than people than people who were born in the 90s. And then people who lived through the 90s. That's actual factuals. Gen Z's, have you seen the way that people dress nowadays? Like these kids, these kids have brought back Air Forces. First of all, let me just say some tidbit about Air Force Ones. Air Force Ones, when I was in high school, was almost exclusively almost exclusively tied to African-Americans. Almost exclusively. And if you, if you were wearing Air Forces and you were not African-American, you probably had 
more than five African-American friends if you were wearing Air Force Ones. That's just the way I saw it, man, I swear. Nobody was just willy-nilly wearing Air Force One. And here's the thing about it. When you were in Air Force One, there were really four selections in the southeastern part of the United States when it came to Air Force Ones. And I'm just going to keep it real right here. White Air Force Ones, mid-top, low-top. White Air Force Ones, or mid-top, low-top, right? Black Air Force Ones, mid-top, low-top. We didn't really do high-top. And I went to high school from 2000, what, 2008 to 2012. Yeah, 2008, 2012. So in that time frame, I just did not see like the high, high top with the strap hanging on the back. Didn't see that. So you got the mid and the low top, black and white, right? You're wearing those, bro. We're not. <sighs> the way that people treat Air Force Ones nowadays is a trap. Like they get them dirty like early. Like, on per like bro, I used to buy force fields for my Air Force Ones, like my mid top, I had a pair of. Now, here's the deal. This is just the way it went. You don't understand. I had a pair of mid top black Air Forces going into the 10th grade. And I went to Hot Topic and I got me a shirt to match it. With the Mustang belt that clicks. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I have the skin-tight pants. I still got skin-tight pants to this day. I look like a physical specimen, so they look great on me still to this day. But I'm saying, <clears throat> Air Force Ones, like, you would not catch Lillian that freaking... Bro, it's just it would just it would you would just be hard pressed to find white folks wearing Air Force Ones back then, bro. You would just be hard pressed to find like white girls, blonde headed white girls, brunettes wearing. You know what I'm saying? Like my parents went to Harvard, like wearing Air Force Ones, and I don't mean to be like I don't mean to throw skin color in there. I just thought that it was crazy because like. The Air Force, like I just don't, I just never the the, the creep, like the creep, like the creases. You, you feel me? Like I was wearing force fields. They hurt because you know, like you got to put it up top. And I don't know, force fields are probably would change a lot more. But they was like almost some sort of like mendable plastic where it was like you put it up top, the top of the shoe, and you have to put your foot in there. But you know, it's it's pushing down on your foot. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's like it's a plastic, and it started to. It just would put a little bunch of pressure on the the on your pinky toe, so you just be walking around, you hurting. It should be hurting. You couldn't wait to goddamn sit down. You know what I mean? But you gotta get, you gotta, you gotta get them to stunt. You know, because you can't be having like too many creases in your shoe. That's not a thing now. Like crease it up now. Like it's like crease, like crease, <laughs> like, crease. like it, it, that's crazy work. So I just thought that that was crazy work because you know what times have changed and back to back to what JT the bigger figure said like from 1992 to now is suggest bad he now I just never realized like when they're talking about when they grew up that like they're talking about America in a greater a better time a lot of us a lot of us that are younger just don't really recognize that America 
and they always they they always I know you have I know you have relatives I know you have sahas I know you have people in your life that have been on this earth longer than you and you've sat around and you've heard them if you're American you talk and they talk about you know what I'm saying how how great America used to be you know what I mean I still think America is great but how a great America really really used to be used to get down you know what I'm saying used to be a really economic you know what I'm saying powerhouse you know what I'm saying like really 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 get down you know what i'm saying like but you and me almost don't understand that sentiment americans and i i, I think it's crazy because i was just talking about how i'm proud to be american and i am i'm just saying like the greatness of america for me like i saw i feel like i saw the last bit of like we for like for show de facto like the top dog. Now it's like we got the top spot, but we have to do something to we have to do a lot to maintain it. We gotta do a lot of grandstanding to maintain it. You know what I'm saying? We gotta do a lot of shaking hands and kissing babies. I mean, like, like, how do I know that we're still top country? At least, you know what I'm saying? No, not in at least. How do I know we're a top country? Like still to this day, how do I know? How do, you ask me? How do how do you how do you know, bro? We send money to other countries to fight. We're proxies. We're a proxy country. We're so we're so propped up that we just send money. But the thing is, like, it's money that we don't have. But here's the deal. You know why we don't have it? One of the reasons is because of inerrant spending. Another reason is because there are debts that are owed to America that other countries haven't paid, my G. You want me to go through them? I will. Okay, so you want me to tell you? There's, there's a list of it, my G. Yahoo Finance has top 20 countries that owe the U.S. money, okay? So it says in this article, we will be analyzing the foreign U.S., uh, the foreign-owned U.S. debt during prevailing global conditions while covering the top 20 countries that owe the U.S. money, okay? Okay, so the top 20 countries that owe the U.S.A. money. Number 20, Bermuda. You know how much Bermuda owes us? $77.4 billion. As of January, Bermuda owes a total of $77.4 billion to the United States. Hence, the country ranks as one of those that owe the U.S. money. The government of Bermuda is trying to move towards an overall budget surplus and a reduction of, and a reduction in the national debt. Listen, Bermuda, I'm not over here like, get your shit together. I'm just saying, like, Andrew Jackson, it, uh, he, it took him a while to clear our national debt, okay? He did that for us. He did that for us while he was president. You know what I'm saying? But it took him a while. So I understand that. But I just want everybody else to know before I continue this, like, yeah, like we still we are still top dog. I had a, you know, episode recently where I was just, you know what I'm saying, repping my set, repping where I'm from America and sharing my sentiment. But I I you know what I'm saying, I had to come back and let y'all get give y'all some figures, you feel me? I'm just I'm not just out here just saying it on the top of my neck like we are still the best because no, bro, we're still the best because we send folks money to fight a war that oh by the way, we're sending money we don't have. 
we're seven point whatever in trillion dollars debt. That's cool. Zyvis from like a, 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 I'm not really sure of a lot of it, but a good bit of it could be from inerrant spending. But I know, I know for a fact that there's a good, also a good chunk of it is owed by other countries. Other countries owe us money. Everybody owe everybody money. So I just want you to know that before you over, we just happen to be one of the fixtures. So before you out here, like, hey, you know, y'all really not that hot and popping in the streets because y'all owe money. We owe money most of the time because other motherfuckers owe us money. And, and you know, I'm not mad at the people that owe us money. You feel me? I'm just saying, like, recognize, like, if if they were to if if countries were to actually pay up, we might be able to clear out of it. But they can't be because it's a cycle. Because somebody owes them money. All right, let me move on. Germany, nineteen, ninety-one point three billion dollars. Germany is another country in Europe that owes money to the U.S. United States have been major creditor to the country in the past as well. As of January, the amount owed to, by Germany uh, to the U.S. is $91.3 billion. Okay, that's a lot. Norway, total debt held. Shit, $104.4 billion. Norway is another major U.S. debt holder from Europe. As of January... Norway owes $104.4 billion to the United States. Thus, Norway ranks as one of the countries that owe USA money. Korea. This is the 17th country. Total debt, $105.8 billion. Saudi Arabia, $111 billion. Saudi Arabia owes $111 billion. However, the country has sold over $3 billion of the U.S. government debt in June since it is investing in more riskier assets. Okay, so they took our debt and they put it in some type of risky uh, risky events, uh, investment scheme. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, like, you know, like they're risking it to get the biscuit type stuff. So I, I can I can respect that. You try to multiply your money so you can get off of those. I I respect it. Saudi Arabia. Shout out Saudi Arabia. Part of the international community. Hey, listen. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Switzerland. 15. France. Total debt held. 100. Gosh. $183 billion. France, another nation that owes us money. And uh, we also, I'm pretty sure we also owe the, you guys money too. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, the French history is, uh, the French history of taking debt is old and can be traced back to the French Revolution and Napoleonic era. But you also helped us out in the Revolutionary War, getting Britain off of our turf. So thank you. They have a good relationship, France. Singapore. $187 billion. Holy crap. Singapore, which is one of the more wealthier countries in the world, ranks among um, those who owe money to the U.S. And uh, the, sovereign, the sovereign debt per capita is also high in Singapore. Okay. Uh, Brazil. Brazil owes us $214 billion, bro. Following the United... 
But only the United States, Brazil is one of the largest economies in the Western Hemisphere. As of January, Brazil owes a total of $214 billion to the U.S., thereby making it to the top 20 countries that owe the U.S. money. Hong Kong, $22.6.8 billion. It has another tidbit. It says, Hong Kong has pegged, has pegged its currency to the U.S. dollar, which is supported by this debt. Oh, so they really just tied into our 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 ecosystem. Eleven is India. India owes us two hundred and thirty-two billion dollars, brother. Oh my goodness. Um, the U.S. Treasury, uh, the U.S. Treasury securities are deemed as a safe investment for the country. Um. I don't even know. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't even know what that means. Um, does that just mean that like, the U.S. Treasury securities are deemed as a safe investment for the country? Does that mean that like, they're just going to keep a hawak on India's... Like, they're going to garnish India's wages? <laughs> the U.S. Treasury is like, you know what I'm saying? The people that, that keep track of the money. So they obviously keeping track of who owes us money. So it's like, hey, you know, the treasury securities are deemed as a safe investment. Well, how do you invest? How do the securities, how do they invest in the treasury security? The only way they can invest in the treasury securities is to put money in the treasury securities. Well, why would they put money in the treasury securities? They pay back their damn debt and then some, because, you know, we need the extras. <laughs> that is the that is the most government ass statement I've ever like. It's not ever. I've heard worse, but like, bro, yeah, we just we just gonna take that. We just gonna we just gonna run their shit. We just gonna run their pockets to death. Basically, that's what it says. The U.S. Treasury insecure. The U.S. Treasury securities are deemed as a safe investment for the country. Yeah, we just gonna run their pockets till they till they pay up because they owe a lot. But buddy, buddy, if you thought. If you thought India owed a lot, brother, brother, Taiwan's up two hundred thirty-four point six billion. You know, Taiwan's that uh, country that is uh, on the side of China uh, that China claims is theirs. I'm pretty sure Chiang Kai-shek was the one who Taiwan. You know, shout out Chiang Kai-shek. You know what I'm saying? Um, he led the remnant of the ROC government on the island of Taiwan until his death. Chiang, Chiang Kai-shek is one of, you know what I'm saying, one of the top, one of the top lads that kept Taiwan independent, you know what I'm saying? Taiwan's a very, you know, Taiwan is a, a very proud small nation, you know what I'm saying? So shout out y'all, but y'all owe us $234 billion. <laughs> <laughs> Taiwan, <laughs> bro, I, I, have, I have student loan debt, and <clears throat> when I see this, I, I I thank God for my student loan debt because I would never want to be in two hundred thirty-four billion dollars of debt. That just sounds awful. Taiwan has a large trade surplus with the U.S. It is also a major debt holder since it owes Taiwan since the, since Taiwan owes two hundred thirty-four billion as of January. That ranks Taiwan as one of the top countries that owe the U.S. money. No, that's number ten. Number nine, Ireland. Ireland owes us $253 billion. Ireland is another European country that owes the U.S. Uh, money. 
and um um Ireland is also known is also a known destination for investment by US companies due to its favorable business environment. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that uh you know you scratch my back, I scratch yours. You feel me? Um we you know, you owe us a lot of money, you know what I'm saying? So in exchange for not being able to pay y'all, we just gonna make it easier for y'all to make money in, in our country. Which is solid, which is real solid. Like literally, shout out to Ireland. You know what I'm saying? I had two teammates. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? Actually three. Shout out Daniel McGinnis. He left early though. But I had two teammates uh officially from Ireland when I was at Middle Georgia College. Um it was Darren Tinley. Shout out to Darren Tinley. And Robbie Egan. Shout out Robbie Egan. Darren Tenley is back in Ireland. I don't know if he plays the ball anymore. Um, they be playing Gaelic out there. For real, for real. Uh, but I do know Daniel McGinnis, even though he left early, he's like big into fitness, so I think he's like a fitness coach. Hey. And then um Robbie Egan is a personal trainer in uh in LA doing his thing. He is um training um movie stars bro he was tr- he was training movie stars before a minute i don't know if he still does but he was training peloton trainers bro like <laughs> robbie's hot tech but uh i know that ireland has a game uh they're gonna host the notre dame and georgia tech this coming up the next football season i think so yeah i mean thank you for making it easy for us to make money in ireland because you owe us so damn much so uh Canada. Canada owes us two hundred and fifty four billion dollars. Y'all are right above us, bro. Uh this explains why we have such a great relationship. <laughs> they they're gonna make it easy for us as possible to do business there. So uh let's work together, you know what I mean? Let's work. I could just see it, bro. I just see the conversation between America and Canada. We North Americans, man. There's not many of us. You know, let's work together. And you just like you know, two hundred and fifty-four billion dollars, bro. Like, like I like you know what I'm saying, I ain't gonna be able to, you know what I'm saying, right now. But you know, I got this little play over here, you know what I'm saying? You know, I see what you're doing over there too. I can get it on your sports, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, get it on your sport, you know what I'm saying? NBA. You know, even less, you know what I'm saying? Even football, you know, you know. Broadcast art, you know what I mean? British Columbia is close to Vermont, you know what I mean? Just stuff like that. You know what I mean? Vancouver, you know, close to Washington State, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the show. We've come to the end. Stay tuned as more talks radio will be out in 2024 you have a good day
On a station wagon piece, Northern California where the pheasants in the street. Man, you can peep, doom, coon, don't sleep. The yay in my blood, I suck the game like a leech, nigga. Mo cars, more rims that keep going when the whip bangs, nigga. Why? 